Blog Talk Radio. And I Tuning into Help for HD Live. Help for HD Live is brought to you by Help for HD International and is made possible by our sponsors, Teva Pharmaceuticals and the Griffin Foundation. I am your host, Kitty Jackson, and today our guest is back with us. We're so excited to have her back again, Leah Barker, um, and she's awesome, uh, and she's the perfect person to do this show alongside me. Um, Leah was on last month sharing her most recent blog. Um, about her experience with suicide attempt, in light of her recent, su- uh, in light of the, the community has been feeling, um, has been rocked. Um, it was interesting. Right after we did this show, we, we, I was contacted by friends um, and families about different things going on within our community. Um, this is obviously September, and it is the National Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. Um, so it only seems. Um, appropriate that we talk about this um, on the very first show in September um, for Help for HD Live. And um, I just want to kind of put it out there that this is, we're going to touch on some probably really hard, um, hard topics um, within the show. So um, just be aware of that. Um, you know, I'm not going to hold back or, or cover the truth or, you know, I want this show to be very transparent and we need to support through the show and, and, and see what we can come up with as far as resources for our community. Uh, but just in saying that, if you have anyone young um, around that's listening that you, you don't want to hear about subject matters like this, or if you are sensitive to subject matters like this, um, it's just kind of a disclaimer there that um, we are going to talk the truth very openly um, right now. So, uh, so just to let you know that. So I'm going to um, bring Leah on. Uh, to the show with us right now. Thank you for coming on with us, Leah, today. Yes, of course. Um, Thank you so much for having me again. Yes, you are always welcome. I love how family. And so um, uh, we also have a loss in the community when someone dies, but especially when it's to suicide. What, uh, What can we do as a community to be supportive to families that are experiencing this loss? Yes. Um, So that's a really great question that I feel like it's super important that we address. Um, As far as I just wanted to address the first part of the question really quick, feeling the loss in the community when someone dies. Um, I know that there are some people in the HG community who probably don't feel like they're as important or as needed or maybe as um, cared for as the rest of the HG community. But no matter who you are in the HD community, we all make up a part of one body. So just like the human body, each body part is super important. If you lose a limb or you lose an eye or you lose an important part of your body, then that affects the rest of the whole entire body. So 
we all need you. We all need you as an HD community and, and as a body. But um, the um, as far as the community, what we can do to be supportive, um, I feel like the most important thing that we need to do and continue to do is um, staying vocal about suicide and suicide awareness and just continuing to let people know that it's not okay to talk about and it's okay to address and especially within the HD community where suicide rates are so, so high, that's super important for us that we let people know that they are not alone and that it continues to be discussed. Um, and I honestly think that at, that after all the, the the suicides we've had recently, which is so devastating, that the HD community has really been doing right by um, us as a whole. I know that um, like the HDO and HDSA came out and um, gave some awesome resources for those struggling with suicidal thoughts or suicidal ideations. Um, I know HDO came out with a video reaching out to people. I know people in the HD community that were posting on Facebook with supportive posts and saying, you know, if you ever feel this way, please reach out. So I really think that we all came together and um, did such a great job at showing love and support, which just needs to be continued to be, to be showed, especially to the families, because I know that they're the ones right now who are having to suffer from the loss. And a lot of the families are continuing to struggle with, HD or family members with HD. So I just really think that the the main thing that that needs to continue to be done is for our community just to be continuously vocal about about suicide and the importance of reaching out to those who are in need. Yeah, definitely. And um, you know, you were, we're talking about prevalence, right? Um, you know, in a national study in 2016, this was a nationwide study. Um, it found that in 2016, suicide was at its all-time high in 30 years. So 13 people out of every 100,000, that was was found in that study. This is a nationwide study. Now we look at our HD prevalence. That shows how prevalent this is in, in our community. And um, and I think that, you know, some people, we always try to speculate why that is, and, and I'm, not a, I'm not a doctor or a researcher, um, but, you know, as a community member, we look at, like, hopelessness and helplessness. We look at, um, you know, we look at uh, different things like, you know, one thing that is talked about in, um, at the National um, Suicide Prevention, American National Suicide Prevention Association, is they talk about what, what, why do people um, start to have suicidal thoughts. And they talk about anxiety and they talk about depression, but they also talk about trauma. And they talk about, you know, um, someone that has, has suffered for sexual, from sexual abuse for long periods of time or, or abuse in general for long periods of time. They go into these different subjects. But as you look about, and it talks about people with, you know, um, post-traumatic syndrome. Um, and you have to think, people in our HD community, we live with trauma on a daily basis. We see our loved ones suffer and struggle. Uh, we see family members. We lose family members to HD. We see all the struggles not only with physical, emotional, and financial devastation, right? We're watching all these things go on within our family for very long, long periods of time. Some people their whole life. So to think that doesn't cause trauma, that would be completely irresponsible for us to say that. It does cause trauma. Um, and then also mm -hmm. we also have to bring up the element of psychosis. 
um, and um, paranoia and things like this that happen. Unfortunately, these must, we always say these are the most challenging symptoms of HD. Um, obviously not everyone experiences these symptoms that have Huntington's disease, but many, many do. And so if our loved ones are living with paranoia and psychosis, think about what they must be going through, thinking about people are after them, thinking about people want to take their lives or their family members' lives or seeing people looking through their windows. All this, this is going to drive someone absolutely crazy, right, um, to think this. And this is, this, is, it, this is one of the symptoms just breaks my heart um, when something that's not real, they, and so that could mm-hmm. cause, as we've seen recently, this could cause someone to take their own life because of psychosis. Um, and mm-hmm. that to me is just, you know, that, that's one of cool things that HD symptoms bring to our loved ones. But I think that psychosis is just, and paranoia is so hard and, um, and that could cause someone to take their own lives, obviously. So in the HD community, mm-hmm. we deal with so much, right? We deal with anxiety and, and depression and trauma and sometimes psychosis. And um, so why is, our, why is our prevalence so high? I mean, we, we, go through, we go through so yeah. much. Like, that's, like just you yeah. listing that out, like making that, I guess, just you saying that out loud makes it so much more real. And I'm so glad that you're bringing awareness to all this because not everybody like thinks about all of those aspects together, especially I feel like for the caretakers, it's so important that um, mental health is put on, like not put on the back burner that's put on the front lines. Um, I feel like, the caretakers as well as people with HD need to make sure that they're getting the help they need as far as mental health um, and not being afraid to ask for that. And especially the caretakers like needing to, if they need to take time out for themselves, which I feel like a lot of people feel guilty doing that. I feel like it's absolutely necessary to keep yourself sane and, and, and check a lot of the times with a lot of the burdens that you have to deal with. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I really talk publicly, um, too much about my personal life, but you know, um, it's funny you say that because my my husband is is now in like the hospice area. He's you know he has these like bed sores and he's he's dealing with with um, infections and what I'm watching him endure is so hard. I can't even explain. Like people told me about HD. I knew I knew you know I know family members, thousands of family members across the nation that I've you know I've been friends with over the years. Um, but no one can describe to you what that feels like when you see your loved one um, uh, that you've shared almost your whole life with laying in bed and, and, and dealing with Huntington's. And as a caregiver, I can't do anything for him. I fight for comfort. I fight for resources, maybe uh, hospital beds or, or anything I can to fight for to get him comfortable. But I can't do anything more than that for him. And that as a mm-hmm. caregiver is so defeating, right? And um, mm-hmm. and then watching, especially, I mean, people with children with JHD, my heart, I'm not going to even act like I understand. My heart goes out and my all everything um, about me just wants to take this all away from these JHD parents. I can't even imagine what they live with um, watching your child go through this, this JHD um uh, living a, a life impacted with JHD. Um, and so, you know, they, they have a hard time struggling. They struggle with resources. They struggle with finding help 
um, out there with their child. A lot of them, they've lost their spouses to HD. Um, they don't have support. Mm-hmm. Some of them are even living with their spouses with HD, with a child with HD, constantly are denied support and help. And is that going to make a caregiver think about possibly taking their life? Why wouldn't it? How hard that mm-hmm. is to think that you don't have help and to think that it's, it's just we can't and the depression that comes in from caregiving. So for us, I'm so glad, Leah, you bring, brought that up as caregivers. Um, caregivers need to take care of themselves and definitely reach out. Um, I remember during hard times, I thought to myself, I never thought of taking my own life, but I thought if I died, well, at least this would all be over. At least I wouldn't have to watch my husband die. At least I wouldn't have to think about my kids at risk. I thought like that. And then I have to bring myself back and say, no, 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 this is, we're going to fight this and we're going to keep going and we're going to push on. But I know Mm -hmm. caregivers struggle with this. I've talked to so many that do. Yeah. And um, so it's not only patients, it's, it's caregivers. Yeah. And I feel like it's so easy um, uh, speaking from someone who, you know, has actually attempted suicide. Once you get into that dark place of having those thoughts, if you don't remove yourself from the environment and ground yourself within positivity, it's so hard to get out of. I just remember whenever mm-hmm. I started having those horrible thoughts, I didn't change anything as far as my surrounding goes or as far as my routine goes. I kept doing the same things, doing were the things that I was doing whenever I started having those suicidal thoughts. So that's why it's so important, like you said, that you take yourself out of that and have some alone time for yourself to escape in whatever way you need to so that you can ground yourself and get back to um, thinking positively and getting rid of those suicidal thoughts. But if you don't remove yourself from that situation, it, it can be a downward spiral and it can lead to some horrible things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some support and resources that are available. Yes. Um, so there are a ton of support sources and resources available. Um, of course, everyone is probably aware of the Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which you can visit their website at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. And they have also a ton of great resources on their website, but they have um, a phone number there that you can call and you can speak to someone who is highly trained in these types of situations and dealing with suicide. And it's someone who who can talk you through it and understand what you're going through. Um, And if you don't feel comfortable actually speaking to someone on the phone, there is a text line that's open 24-7 that you can text at 741-741. And it's the same thing. It's highly trained volunteers who um, are are trained in these types of situations who can talk to you through text, which I think is great because not everyone's comfortable vocalizing their struggles. And then, of course, there is, if you have, like, a counselor or a therapist that you can speak to, that's always a great resource as well. I mean, I feel like you should definitely open up about that if that's something that you've even been struggling with just a little bit. Um, And reach out to your your family members and your loved ones because those are the people who are closest to you and probably know you best and probably – know more of what you've been going through and probably know you better. So they might know better how to help you. Um, And then the HD community is also always a great resource. If you 
can't find anyone to talk to, or even if you just need someone to talk to, um, there's definitely always someone you can message or call or text. And I know for me, when I was going through a hard time, that was, that was what I went to was the HG community because I knew that they were the ones who knew what I was going through. And I knew that they were always just like a, a call or a text or a message away. So that's what really helped me um, during my time, but it's, it's different for everybody. So um, uh, definitely go to the suicide prevention lifeline.org and you can find a ton of great resources there. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think it's really, um, really important that they, they added this text feature because some people don't want to get on the phone and talk. So this text feature that they, they yeah. you know, this, um, uh, this 741741, and you just text. All you have to do is you don't even have to say, all you have to text is talk, T-A-L-K, mm-hmm. just text talk, and then they're going to come right back. And so even if you just don't even know what to say, just, just text talk. And um, they'll be, they'll, you know, the, the crisis line is 24-7, like Leah says, seven days a week. Um, and they will, they will be there for you. Um, another great resource I think out there um, is the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. This is a federally recognized um, um, organization, um, and they have, they have a great resource, um, uh, you know, about different things. Now, it, it is different. I mean, like Leah says, your HD community is a huge support because we are a little bit different in our HD community, right? We, we, um, you know, they have a, they have emphases on, you know, they do talk about uh, physical disabilities, but they also, you know, they talk about, um, you know, sexuality and and um, uh, anxiety and depression, which we do. But they don't, they don't. There's nothing specific with the like the HD community could give you support, right? Um, but it's definitely a support that's about suicide specifically um and it, it is really uh, they also have they have like sections about talking about suicide um how do you talk to to people there's even like things at work like what you do so it's it is that's another really good resource um for people um but leah gave the number one resource if you go to any um uh, suicide prevention um sup- uh, group out there they all have the front page is going to talk about lifeline they are um the place that you need that we all uh, need to have close that if our loved ones are having any type of suicidal thoughts or if if you are or anything they are the people they are there 24 um, 7 mm-hmm. to talk so yeah so definitely um so what about uh family members so but um you know people who have lost a loved one to suicide uh, from what i've talked to, to parents and things, it, it, it's it's harder for them to to talk more openly about what happened. Um, it's here's that mm-hmm. taboo thing, right? Let's not talk mm-hmm. about suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I just think it's so um, incredible the brave people that talk about it because they want to prevent an awareness and they're very brave and they come up and we've seen that um, lately with with some of the parents coming out and openly talking about what happened because they want awareness. Um, and they want this yeah. this addressed, and they need support. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about um, family members and friends who have lost someone to suicide. What uh, what resources have you found are out there for them, Leah? Um, so I definitely feel like it's like you said, super hard on them because they're the ones who actually have to deal with the aftermath and the loss um, with you know 
someone that they love dearly, which is awful. But um, I know that the the International Association Association for Suicide Prevention, um, which you can go to IASP.org, they have local centers for um, suicide prevention, but also for family and friends who have dealt with that kind of thing, kind of like support groups, I guess. But um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I definitely think that that's a good place where they can go and kind of air out their grievances and talk about the the hard aspects that they're dealing with that maybe not everyone in the HD community has dealt with. Um, so mm-hmm. they can be around people who understand what, what they're going through with the suicide because that's different from any other death, you know? Um, so mm-hmm. I feel like that's a really great resource. And then um, I know that there are um, – I mean, of course, people within the HD community who um, can help with that as well, because especially with these past couple of weeks that we've been going through with um, all of the, you know, hard times and the the, the suicides that have occurred, um, there are, of course, also people within the, the HD community who can talk to you about um, not only the HD aspect of the difficulties, but also the the suicide and the pain that comes from having a very specific sort of HD caused suicide. So that's a very specific niche, but I I feel like being able to reach out to other people and not being afraid to reach out to other people and the HD community who have dealt with the same thing um, is important and can provide a really great support system that we are unable to get otherwise. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And, you know, the one thing is, is we we don't talk about, I know there's there's always this thing of living positively, living positively, and I agree. I, I you know, we're all trying to live positively through and navigating our HD journeys. But I also think when, if we, if we hide this, then we make the people who are living with it feel isolated. And mm-hmm. that's not fair to those families because suicide, suicidal thoughts, suicidal actions and HD is real and our prevalence is very high. So to not talk about it, not bring awareness and support and resources that resources to these families is, is it's just not acceptable. We need to talk about it. So yeah. one in the community, we don't want people to feel isolated, which I don't think we do. I think we openly talk. Um, and I think that's, mm-hmm. I think we're a special community um, that we're willing to talk about hard things and we're, we really do help each other navigate through our journeys, um, I think that there, there's something very special about our community that you don't find anywhere else. Um, but, yeah, I also think with talking about it and then, then listening is the number one thing, right? Listening. Yes. Um, yes. That's so important. And I think as a community we often are like, but we have this too and we, we want to jump in and we want to help and we want to support. But I think, and I think that's fantastic, but I think it's also important to remember to listen. Um, mm-hmm. always listen and respect each other, which I think we do a really good job at, but I just kind of wanted to bring that up. Um, listening is very important. And, um, mm-hmm. and as always, I mean, if anyone, and, you know, another thing, um, other parents, reaching out to other parents, because I think that there's shame. I find that, that there's shame in this whole thing, and, and there shouldn't be. There should be no shame. You know, if you're, are you ashamed that your loved one has diabetes? Are you ashamed that your loved one has a heart condition? Are you ashamed of, there should be no shame in, in any of this. This is just 
something we have to help each other navigate through. And if, if mm-hmm. a family member lost someone to suicide and another family reaches out, I mean, you don't, you don't get better support than that and understanding. Mm-hmm. So um, I do love that about our community is that we do try to help each other through our experiences. So um, always remember, reach out to your community. And um, I find the best, most active place our community is, is on Facebook. I really do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm on all the social media. I go to all the education days. I go, you know, I go travel and I go to these different support groups. Really, the people, and you may go to a support group, and, well, if you go to an HD support group, right, not, not if they have them, and, and I, I'm, I'm glad that I just want to drop this down real quick, is the website that, um, that Leah spoke about, um, the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention, actually has a place where you can, they have a place that you can go and filter through and you can find support groups in your area. Um, so there is those type of support groups if you need that support. But an HD, you know, support group, that you may be with five people at that support group and no one has has uh, experienced what you're experiencing. But on Facebook, there's all these private groups, and Facebook has its positives, and it definitely has its negatives. But um, typically, it's a, it's, a, it's a bigger place for us to support. And, um, and like I said, there's some, there's some negatives, but there's also a lot of positives that come out with a platform like that for us to be able to community, uh, to, to talk as a community. And then you can also go in private to talk by messenger if you you kind of want to go offline of a group. So I think it's a good platform, but I definitely think that um, it's a good place to find your community. But there is a lot of things out there to support um, suicide prevention and awareness. And um, Leah, thank you for being brave and telling your story. I so admire you. I think that that takes people have no clue how much that t- that takes to get that down on paper. And, um, yeah, well, and you did you to so help other people. Thank you. Yeah, that means so much. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said last time we spoke, if if it just helps one person, then, you know, I, I'm happy with that. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, so any final thoughts, Leah, before we wrap up the show? Um, yeah, so I just think that as um, an HD community, um, just to kind of reiterate what Katie already said, that um, it's just important that we're there for each other most of all. And then also, if you are in the HD community or um, you have HD in your family, um, it's also important to kind of look for the the signs um, and symptoms of possible suicidal thoughts. Um, like if your loved one is struggling with, if they're seeming depressed or anxious, um, I would definitely mm-hmm. reach out mm-hmm. to them and, and definitely keep an open eye out for those kind of things because not everyone who's struggling with that is going to approach you. So sometimes you have to be the one to kind of say, Hey, are you okay? Let's talk. Let's get this taken care of. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's good advice. Yeah. And we're always so busy with HD watching, watching so much, right? We're watching our loved ones Mm -hmm. that we're, you know, we're watching for any symptoms that may come up that we need to help them through. So that's just something else that we should watch out and caregivers need to be watched out for too. So friends and families, mm-hmm. make sure you watch out for your caregiver as well because they are under immense amount of stress most of the time, uh, especially going towards, you know, the end stage or JHD or, you know, these things. This is, these are very stressful. This, this is very stressful on the caregiver as well. Um, so, but as a community, we stay strong and we keep fighting on for a cure and for therapies that are going to um, hopefully make what's going on today history, a history lesson, and 
it's going to change the game. But until then, we need to support each other and, um, and help each other navigate through these really hard journey, this really hard journey we're on. Um, I love that, yes, we have some amazing things that come out of this journey, this journey and that is our friendships. Um, the community and, and the relationships we build with each other. I've never met anyone um, in my life that would mean more to me than some of my HD friends and family. They've, they've gotten me through stuff that my friends before HD and uh, my husband had, was diagnosed, they could never get me through what my HD friends and family have gotten me through. So it comes out of HD, but also in that becomes a responsibility of us supporting and, get, and taking care of each other. Um, so I think that's important. Um, yeah. I think we can wrap up the show now. Everyone, please remember Lifeline. Uh, once again, that number is 1-800-273-8255. And uh, Leah, can you give the text number again one more time? Yes, of course. It's 271-271, and all you have to do is text either talk or help. Perfect. Okay. All right. And um, so I think that is all. I think we can wrap up the show for today. Um, and uh, the only announcements I have is symposiums coming up. So anyone that is in the Des Moines, Iowa area, please come out and join us. It's going to be such a great day. Um, we have amazing speakers, Genentech's coming, Waves coming, Vastinex is coming, um, Cam Holtz will be at the University of Iowa team will be there, Kyle Fink's coming from UC Davis to talk about stem cells. We have some really, really cool stuff going on. Uh, we have a Friday night opening day and there's going to be a comedian coming in and live music and the reception, we have live music and an award ceremony. So it's going to be a really, really fun time. Um, it's always, as always, it is completely free to our Huntington's disease community. And um, if you guys are driving in and you need a place to stay, we still have scholarships available to pay for two nights at the hotel for you guys. So all you have to do is contact us. Um, you can always reach me, and I could push you to those uh, those portals to get you registered for all that. Um, that's Katie, K-A-T-I-E, at helpforhd.org. So we hope to see you guys there. There And um, and let's uh, leave the show with uh, September is Suicide Awareness uh, Prevention Month. And um, this month, let's, and always, let's support our community, even through these really hard, hard, um, you know, these hard subjects. They're real and we need to talk about them, and we need to support each other. As always, everyone, please have a safe week, and I will talk to you next week. Thanks, Leah. Thank you so much.